have not teed up a great transition. I was like I say, what else is great to know? You know what else is great to know <laughs> is uh, <laughs> the, filmography of- <laughs> the filmography of Christopher Nolan, which um, <laughs> the internet loves to fap over. Mm-hmm. So on that note, <laughs> welcome to Chasing Chalamet. A bi-weekly podcast where I, Dane McDonald, confirmed Timothy Thirst machine and mostly functioning pop culture addict, and a special guest deep dive into the filmography of the Oscar-nominated actor Timothy Hal Chalamet. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's 2014 space epic Interstellar. We're going to be covering our thoughts, our feelings, our critiques, our praise, maybe lack thereof. Whatever we have to say about this, like, small little independent film that he made a couple years ago really flew under the radar. (laughs) Obviously, as a Timothy Chalamet podcast, we'll be discussing his teensy tiny little performance and role (laughs) in this movie. Um, What function, if any, it brings to the story. Uh, And then on a scale from one to five peaches, we will together grade the film. Did you not know about that? No. Oh, yeah. We're going to grade the film Uh, on a scale of one to five peaches. uh, We're going to talk about the quality of the film... Timmy's performance, his general attractiveness, and most importantly, as always, the reason that we are all here, his hair. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, I'd like to introduce today's guest. He's an actor, he's a comedian, he's a writer, a performance bones... Bone savant? Sure. I'm going to keep that in. Bone savant. Bone savant. Yes, please, somebody. I took French for years, and I said bone savant. Mm -hmm. He's the host of the Overstated podcast with Stephen Kropa. You can also hear him as Brennan Bravo on the podcast Autonomic. It's Stephen Kropa. Yes. Hi. Hello. How are you? Oh, fine. It's yeah. it's a weird day. It's a very terrible day to live in Chicago. <laughs> yes. I always go and spring break with my family in Florida, and when I come back, I'm always like transformed into my spring self. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm trying to like to wear shorts even when it's not appropriate. Right. And there's always, like, one snowy, blustery day that kind of, like, rears its ass before it's actually spring, and today's that day. Yeah. So, it's a great day to talk about Interstellar. It's a great night to stay in uh, for two hours and 47 minutes of this. That. (laughs) Uh, So, before we jump into talking about this mammoth (laughs) undertaking, which is certainly a movie, Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about yourself, Stephen. About myself? Yes. I am an actor writer comedian here in chicago um we're recording this right on the on the eve of my venture out further west mm-hmm. to los angeles yeah i don't i like movies like, <laughs> i really 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 like movies we do movie trivia we do that is how we know each other that's how we know each other because of movies i write i have many movies written that are mm-hmm. unproduced and perhaps someday may still be unproduced i have we'll taken see. part in a reading of one, place of, those of one of those movies yes I actually, and to, to, to go back to our intro, oh, I, yeah. in, in Popstar, I could see where, you know... Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Yes, yes, Not yes, yes, yes. a direct parallel, Right, no, 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 no. But, but I mean, you, yes. I think John Cleese said it best. He goes, steal from people, because if you do it right, they won't know that it's not yours. Sure. And so, yeah, that's yeah. what I'll, of course, I'll do. So yeah. your, your Popstar ripoff. <laughs> My Popstar <laughs> ripoff. Star Pop. <laughs> never, never stop, stop never, never starring. Stop, never stop, never starring. <laughs> comes out. Fall of... 2025. <laughs> Perfect. As you alluded to, one of the reasons I wanted you to have to have you on so early in the run of this show is because you are moving to Los mm-hmm. Angeles, which is very, very exciting. And I wanted to do Interstellar with you. I knew I wanted to do Interstellar early on in the series, especially... Um, just to get it out of just, the way. Yeah, just to kind of swat some flies. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this person wronged me the last... <laughs> Well, and also, too, I knew I knew we'd be doing the first episode on Lady Bird, and this mm-hmm. is obviously such a juxtaposition yes. to that film. 
Um, Which Inter- I would have loved to have done. I love Lady Bird. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Interstellar is a much different movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a much different role for Timothy. It's also a movie that I don't like that much. <laughs> so are you angry at me for making you sit through three hours of people yelling the name Murph? <laughs> no, I, I remember being so excited for this movie to come out. Out of any genre, I love science fiction. And I love... 2001, I've, anytime it's on the big screen, I'll go see it, even if it's like the same print. I don't care. I want to see it again. I have multiple books on like the creation of that movie. I love, you know, obviously we love Star Wars, and mm-hmm. I watched, you know, I'm going through my Marvel movies, so I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm watching, watched one yesterday, Volume 2 today. Anything like that. I love spaceships. Love, you know, star stuff. Right. And I uh, think that's, I think that's why I thought about you yeah. for this. Not because I was like, ah, yes, Steven. But if I had to list my favorite space movies, this would. Not be on it. <laughs> it's very pretty. It is a very pretty movie. But it looks nice. Uh, I did tweet my reaction. To the yeah, I and I, I I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said I don't know what I did. Too. Yeah, I don't really either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually. So the first time I saw this movie, I saw it. Correct me if I'm wrong. The IMAX on Navy Pier is that a real IMAX? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. So I'm from Indiana. And we have an IMAX at our state museum, which people like to talk about being, like, a real IMAX. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, and maybe that's, maybe I'm, I, I might be wrong here. Does the IMAX and Navy Pier project film, or is it only digital? Because I'm pretty sure the Indiana State Museum is, like, a film projector, and that might be one of the things they... I have no idea. They might say that in order to, like, yeah. talk about how they're a real IMAX. It is theater. a real IMAX. I think they do both. Yeah. Okay. Point being, I saw Interstellar at the Indiana State Museum, Mm -hmm. and I'm fairly certain it was, like, on film, all the whistles, all the whatevers. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited for it. I mean, it was, so it was was, uh, his first movie after finishing the Dark Knight trilogy to very... He got all the money to do whatever he wanted. Right. And I think, too, you have to really credit Inception for him getting to do this movie. Because I think if he hadn't proven he could do... An original idea and also sell it really right. big. They may not have like yeah. let him make this movie. So it's really that combination of the Dark Knight trilogy and then Inception. Doing I mean, so he's well. an event of in of himself now. I mean, like sure. the next movie, we don't even know what it is. We have a release date and that it's a Christopher Nolan film. Right, That's it. and on that alone, it will open like right millions. Mm-hmm. Like I think D- Dunkirk made like fifty some million dollars. Yes, I would have loved to have watched Dunkirk. I'm so- <laughs> well, if Timothy Chalamet, ha- Timothy Chalamet should have been in right, Dunkirk. That's true, it's actually yes. wild he wasn't. Um, but yeah, so I, I saw it in theaters. I was really excited. I remember on my first watch, I didn't hate it, and mm-hmm. I don't. I still think I don't hate it, but I definitely there was something that let me down, and I think I was still kind of young enough that I was like, oh, even though I didn't love all of that, it was still good right. it was still well made and then this is the the second time i've now seen it in the you know however many years almost yeah. five years yeah. it's been i guess i my palate has Re- more refined right it's, it's been more refined i can i can look at things more objectively and yeah this is not a great movie no i i said it multiple times last night i was like i would have just much rather watched ai like it mm-hmm. seems to me like very similar like here's these two heady directors but i don't if Chris Reynolds never said I love you to somebody, I don't think he knew what he was saying. Like, it just seems like, this is love. This is, it's all ones and twos, and it's all there, you know, as opposed to AI, where you're like, oh, yeah, crying. You it's know? incredibly boring that he felt the need to, like, explain love with science. Right. Yeah, I mean, just from, and I, I just, the movie loses me right from the beginning, mm-hmm. because all that documentary stuff yeah. is dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> 
And if you, like, go and read about it, he, like, pulled clips from a Ken Burns documentary on the Dust Bowl Mm -hmm. and then inserted clips of Ellen Burstyn, like, talking about her dad Mm -hmm. and shit. And I guess it comes back later in the movie when he's looking at, like, the recreation of his house. But, like, otherwise that is just dropped. Like, there's no, like, consistency with, like, intercutting... No, which would have been interesting. It would have been if you... If that was almost, like, the chapter title Mm -hmm. for each thing. If we saw that, like... And then we a ship went. We didn't even know what that was. And we yeah. thought, you know, and then we all came together, work, you know, right. as opposed to just seeing people working in the background of, like, whatever this NASA facility is now, mm-hmm. which we don't, I don't understand. But, right. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so, it, it makes no yeah. sense. And I no. think he tried to do this thing where he wanted to talk about, like, a real world on the verge of apocalypse, and this mm-hmm. is how it would really look. Yeah. The downside of that is it becomes incredibly fucking boring (laughs) and it's no fun. And I'm not saying that everything needs to be like a Hunger Games dystopia, but like that is my biggest issue with this movie is that he just didn't want to have like any fun. I don't know. I guess if he wanted to be serious, like that's fine. But there's also this like fucking rolling, spinning, like Jenga piece robot who's voiced by Bill Irwin. Oh my God. Tars is very odd. Yeah. It's so weird. That's the thing. I was like, that's the thing where I was like, this is what takes me out of it. Because no one would ever design anything like that. Right. If you were designing an all-terrain robot that originally started as Marines, mm-hmm. why would you do that? No. Why would you make something so wide that it's very easily to be shot at? And anytime, like a, <laughs> anytime there's a, a shot of it running, it's just funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just funny. It's like, what if we took a chunky giraffe and made it run? That's what it looks like <laughs> to me. I wrote my first note was, why long, why so long? That right. Yeah. No, the movie's almost three hours long. Um, which my theory on that is that, that if you're going to have a movie that's either just under or over three hours, there better be a sinking ship because <laughs> I better be watching Titanic and yeah. it's three hours long and this movie is not Titanic. My my second note was that Timothy Chalamet growing up to be Casey Affleck is my worst nightmare. <laughs> right. That was kind of <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a lot for me to take yeah. in. And, and we'll talk about his performance specifically later, but is there a good performance in this movie? I think... Matthew McConaughey gives it his all. Like, okay. He does... That was not He praise. does great <laughs> crying face. Like, he... If anyone makes you feel anything, it's him. Mm, okay. You know? I... I disagree. And I, I understand... You're a real Wes Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Bentley and Topher Grace are in this movie. Yes. Oh, I wrote, surprise, Topher Grace! <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that Topher Grace's role is essentially to yell, the fire's out! Right. To Jessica... And then they kiss. It mm-hmm. makes total sense. Yes. Even though this kind of gets parodied the whole like love monologue that Anne Hathaway gives I would say the person giving it their all in this movie is Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. um though I so I'm kind of on this thing where I really don't like that we kind of collectively like shit on her for three years after she won an Oscar right. I think we shouldn't be specifically targeting nice women with pretty teeth who are feminists sure. and it, who, who we get mad that they win Oscars right. my feelings on Anne Hathaway are always have you seen Freaks and Geeks no there's a character in there that's like the geeks really like this one cheerleader. And then one of them like gets on a group project with her and they find out she's kind of just like a weird, like nice, I eat carrots. Why would I have potato chips? That's really weird. And that is who Anne right. to be in my head. The big joke is like they're studying in her room and she gets up and the chair makes a noise that he thinks is a fart and he goes <laughs> and tries to make it happen again. She's like, she farted in front of me. Oh. It's very funny. Oh That's who she is. Okay. That, that makes sense. I think Jessica Chastain's really great. This was kind of right when she was, kind mm-hmm. of, I guess not really, because she was in Tree of Life and that was 2011. We were, you yes. know, we, we knew Jessica Chastain. Right. We were, we're excited she was there. Yes. But yeah, Matthew McConaughey. So this was kind of right after he won 
his Oscar for yes. Dallas Buyers Club. Which, you know, because he's a man, we get to be excited. He's right. in a new movie and not right. upset that he's a woman yep. named Anne Hathaway who won an Oscar <laughs> and then we decided to hate her. So I get why he was cast. I get what he's doing there. He certainly looks like a person who knows his way around a cornfield. He's the um, only person who tanned on the entire planet Earth that we met. He's yes. the only tan person we Only. Meet. The only one. <laughs> and I guess this is more the character than performance, I suppose. But watching this movie... He's a really shitty person. Oh, yeah. He's a bad father. Yes. I first thought about in the, in the opening when they're chasing that drone. Is he driving through his own cornfield? Yeah. Or is he... Okay, I, was, I thought maybe uh, it was someone else. Up to a point, yeah. I mean, okay. unless... I don't remember... I What was that? Minute five. I zoned out already. Right. And I was... Even though this is a Timothy Chalamet podcast and he's only in the first five <laughs> right. minutes. Right. Oh, no. He's in... I took the... I know exactly how many minutes he was in. How many minutes is he in the He's movie? only in the first 38 minutes. Okay, but there's, not consistently. Not consistently. No. And there's two hours and nine minutes after that that sure. I had to watch. And he, uh, <laughs> his last scene, he abruptly cuts to being Casey Affleck. Right. It's kind of like if you were having sex with someone, and then all of a sudden they turned into... They were into, Casey Affleck. And the guy... He's meant to be just this idea of a person. He has mm-hmm. no first name. Who? It's just Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. He's just Cooper. Sure. Everybody else is Murph Cooper, Tom Cooper. Tom, yeah. He's just... Cooper. Coop, Cooper. Yeah. I think he's he's the personification of Manifest Destiny. Okay. I'm already so bored. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you are not interested in your own podcast. Well, I'm interested in my sweet young Timothy. Yes. Who just gets... Like, that. that's what I was thinking. Like, this movie is just so enamored with the fact that he is enamored with his daughter. Oh, yeah. And he has a son he's who he doesn't so fucking care about. shitty to his kid. Yeah. And he's like, so shitty to him. It's, it's he so... kind of sticks up to him that one scene with the principal. Exactly. Yeah. And then after that, it's gone. Right. He, he gets. Can, he goes like, "All right, well, I guess he is going to be a farmer." Yeah. Right. He gets like angry that he's like shortchanging him, right. and like he never gives that to Tom. Like he no. only is like, like interested in like making sure Murph is okay and mm-hmm. Murph this and Murph that. And he's going to go to Murph's fucking bedroom and the time continuum. Right. And like it's just we'll get into this a bit later with him, but he like did give him his truck. But, like, why even have his character in the movie? No, like, there's, why no not? there's no reason. Murph just should have been an only child. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. There's really, yeah. I don't know. I guess to kind of not saddle her with the hardship stuff mm-hmm. so that Casey Affleck can update Matthew McConaughey for mm-hmm. all these sad things that are happening on Earth. Right. You know? Like, uh, it essentially turns Tom into kind of the villain. No, he's not the villain. He's, no. he's kind of a villain. He's, like, he's an opposition force to Murph. Yes, and then that whole scene doesn't really even make sense because, like, we don't really care. <laughs> the scene where she's like trying to get her sister-in-law and nephews out oh, of the house, yeah, like because we don't really know them, we don't really care. No, there's no point. Like, there's no point. They to also that them. I really I harped on that scene a lot because it was they're cleaning up dinner and they all still have full corn on the cobs on their plate. They all still <laughs> like I don't think they touched anything. No, it was clear. Like, all right, well, we're done. Right. <laughs> like, I guess I should say, like, some nice things about this movie, if I can. I think the score is good. I think it has this, like, Haunted Mansion in space vibes, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of, like, very, then like... just watch Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Sunshine. Oh, it's very good. Okay. I've also, I guess I should just be up for... I've never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, my God. So I should just like, watch that instead. This is if you took all the magic out of that. Cool. It's still visually... It is visually stunning. The moment when they go into the black hole I is thrilling. Mm-hmm. But there's no, like... 
even if you see a shooting star, you still kind of there's still part of you if you're an inquisitive person that goes, wow, yeah, you know. There's no wonder. In there's this movie. nothing like that. There's like, nothing like this. Should be super. Like I got, I like what he did with scope and size. So like when they come across Saturn for the first time, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing in it. You know. One of the notes that I wrote was, "Do we really want a blockbuster that Neil deGrasse Tyson was signed off on? <laughs> like as like as in like the science behind right, it? Right. So like one thing." And I, I was thinking about this in comparison to First Man, too. Mm-hmm. Do directors just love strapping cameras to the sides of ships and airplanes? And do we think that footage is thrilling? I like that stuff, oh. but I wish it would last longer. Okay. It's usually just like almost a pacing thing where they go sure. out there first. There's one in Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also they do it in, Into Darkness as well. Okay. Where you have the front-facing camera where you see the whole ship leave and you're following them out of their yeah. pod or whatever. And that is unbelievable to me. Like, I oh, really, 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 really like that perspective. Right. And I always wish, like, let's just have that for a minute and a half. Yeah. Why do we only get it, like, for 15 seconds? Sure. I would rather watch a long tracking shot of, you know, them coming down to the surface from that, like, watching everything move around them as opposed to... I guess for me... Here's it's on just, the wing, you know? Yeah. For me, it's like... And I think he does it a little bit in Dunkirk, too, where there's, like, clearly just a camera slapped on the side of a plane. And that's probably real footage of someone flying yeah. a plane. And it just doesn't do anything for him. Dunkirk is so much better than this movie. Oh, 100%. Like, Dunkirk, at least he has some sort of emotional connection to it. Mm-hmm. It's anxiety the movie. And this is... I gotta watch Futurama or something. After sure. Kid. I just... I so want Interstellar to be fun. I want it to mm-hmm. be fun. I'm not saying it has to have, like, Guardians of the Galaxy jokes. No. I'm not saying there needs to be fucking, like, space battles and explosions. But just, like... I wish that, like, one person on screen seemed like they were having fun. It comes a little bit when Matt Damon shows up. Sure. Well, I laughed every time someone said his name. Dr. Man. <laughs> yes, Dr. Man, this is the lady nurse. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand. I was thinking about that in comparison to Anne Hathaway's name being Brand. <laughs> like, I was like, what is that supposed yeah. to mean? Like, is, <laughs> yes. is that all? Right. Is there any reason for Matt Damon to be in this movie? Like... No, I mean... Be- I think it would have been, because there's also that third character that she was in love with. Edmund. Edmund or whatever. That she was in love with. I always think, I was like, what could I do to shorten this and make this fit better? Wouldn't it have been better if that was the person? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they're reunited. Okay, now we are actually attached to this spot. I'm glad Mm -hmm. we're here. Oh my God, he lied to us. Right, then the betrayal. Well, now I have to make a choice, you know. The betrayal would have been so much more interesting. I feel like, so it was a, it was totally a secret that Matt Damon was in this movie. Like, we didn't know he was in the movie. We didn't know who he was playing. Like, I'm pretty sure that... I don't remember. I I'm, just know it was the same time as The Martian. No, The Martian was, was a year after, later. Yeah. But it was like, well, maybe it was then when The Martian was coming out, and they were like, oh, it's Interstellar. Again. Sure. No, I, I don't actually, remember what... Watching yeah. it last night, I just kept thinking, I really wish I was watching The Martian. Because <laughs> it's... The Martian actually is it's kind of that same thing where like there's a lot of really grounded science in the right. martian and you have matt damon and you have jessica chastain and jessica chastain really wants to get to mm-hmm. the sad lonely man right. somewhere someone call her agent we need better things for jessica <laughs> chastain they did do it it was called crimson peak oh, that's was certainly a movie that i saw <laughs> um to your right. point earlier there's so many other movies where you're watching interstellar and you're like i wish i was watching yes any other space yes. movie mm-hmm. The whole thing of his character, like, and there's a, in, when they're uh, at NASA or wherever, the, Lazarus NASA? I don't know. I don't know, but that also made me laugh because they do this whole, like, intimidation thing, and then he presses a button, it's like those, like, Toyota commercials yeah. for the wall disappears. <laughs> You're like, why did you spend money on this? Right. We don't have the time. Why did you build it this way? Right. It's so stupid. You can't be introducing that many people to secret NASA by doing that. Yeah. 
it's dumb. But in that room, they like point like they're like, this is Dr. Man. But right. they, the camera oh, yeah. cuts back so you can't see who it is. Oh, okay. So it's clearly, and, and I get it because we, we just heard this person's name. They didn't do the thing where it's Edmonds. So right. there's like a connection. Right. So it had to be this like name where we're all of a sudden like, oh, it's Matt Damon. But mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter. Like, And was this, I'm sure this was, when this came out, it was kind of like, oh, he's playing a bad guy. Because now I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I could see that. Right, yeah. Like, now, <laughs> like, I wouldn't trust him right away. We now <laughs> understand Matt Damon to not be a very right. nice person. Right. Well, I think he doesn't mean harm, but he no. certainly doesn't do well. He's just an ignorant white man. Right. So, yeah, the whole Matt Damon of it all really bothers me. It's not, like, interesting to say that this movie just, like, falls apart in the last 20 minutes, more so than it I was. wrote, there's still an hour of this? Because <laughs> that's when that all ended. That mm-hmm. all ended... He blows up. I do think about that scene where they're showing the it's not docking and mm-hmm. it has the little clamps going like those shots are so boring. But I don't know why that is so that image is so arresting to me. That was the only thing that I remember going back when I was putting it on. I was like, I remember this I shot. I don't know why. I, I, I think for me it's because I remember in the theater being so like, oh, there's no sound because there's no yes. sound in space. Right. And then and then I pause and I go, maybe it's more fun when they take creative license and there's sound (laughs) in space. Right. I mean, at least with like J.J. Abrams space movies, he does the lens flare thing where he's like, well, I do that because there's something happening cool right off screen. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's dumb, but I would have loved that in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) There was a little bit more lens flares. Hey, I'm on board with any movie that makes us be nicer to J.J. Abrams, who I love. Right. I just kept thinking that being so faithful to scientific facts of reality and the laws of physics and whatnot just make this movie not fun. I guess there's, like, an audience for that. I guess just, I wish she just would have gone, like, full nerd. Like, don't right. don't give me, like, sweeping beautiful shots of, right. like, corn blowing in the wind and, like... Now, what if he had done not a narrative film and had made it like a fake documentary and so we had those talking heads and that's what it was i'm already more interested i was that's what i'm saying i think that would have been a better a more succinct way to show yeah what he was trying to do well and then you have this footage you're like oh and you could do kind of like this is footage from the craft yeah oh okay yeah i mean i'm not one to say like oh shit make it found footage but like that's already more interesting right and again it just speaks to i don't know if he knew what kind of movie he wanted to make because the documentary stuff doesn't work in the beginning And then, you know, there's all this, like, science happening, but then there's also, like, a future where we're on, like, a planet where you hit a baseball and it crashes into a window. I don't know why, Spielberg and Nolan, to me, are very similar, they're both just titans of the directors, and Mm -hmm. they do, like, a lot of kind of... They get blank checks. They do blank checks, they do genre stuff, and so, but I have never been more aware of Christopher Nolan not understanding Americana than mm-hmm. that baseball scene because he's like, I have to put this in here. This is this is America. Baseball is America, and I was like, you, that's stupid, dude. You don't yeah. know, what you're like it didn't even feel like. Oh man! Something. And then the whole in joke of like, who the fuck even is this team? And then it's right. like the Yankees. I just was like, <laughs> I didn't really think about it, but like this movie was clearly made by a British person. Right? Like it's. <laughs> I think anything that was meant to be humanizing was a suggestion from his wife and producer, probably Emma, Emma, Thomas. Thomas. Emma yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Like most things, I credit any good idea a man has to a woman. <laughs> right. So I agree. Yes. My, here, here's. I'm just gonna speculate. Emma directed Dunkirk. There, I said it. <laughs> Do you have anything else? On the film that you'd love to throw on out there. On the film. Yeah. I, I always look for uh, a Searcher's reference, because I think it's the most referenced film of all time. Okay. Every every director... Any movie, not just Nolan. Any like, director uh, worth their salt will say, at some point in some interview, that they love the Searchers. And so I always am like, oh, Searcher's reference. And so there was one in this one. When, she's run, when Murph is running out of the house, 
and you get the shot of the door, and she runs out the house to chase after Coop's car. Mm, okay. So, yes, one searcher's reference. Got it. Uh, check there. What else did I have? The names were really stupid. The names are so stupid. Murph. Uh, Murph. Murphy Cooper is such a... Take another swing at that. Speaking of dumb names, at least this is a simple name, Timothy's character's name is Tom. Tom Cooper. Tom Cooper. Yes. We've already mentioned that he just really shouldn't be in the movie. His character shouldn't be in the movie. When he first shows up, I didn't know that was him. This on this watch? Yeah. No, no. I don't even know if I knew who Timmy was. Oh, back when when this came out, yeah. But looking for him when I was like, that does not look like... I thought it was like, that looks like the Bandersnatch kid. Like, it did not look... (laughs) Who was in Dunkirk, so don't close together. yeah. That weird shot, he's just framed poorly at the dinner table, that first shot, Mm -hmm. and he's got that bad, like, proto-Beatles haircut. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I was like, this is not him. Right. He's so much prettier than this. He's so much better. Yeah, no. And, you know, in fairness, like, he he has what I like to call his high school haircut. Sure. Um, It's, so when I first went to college, I would always, whenever I talk about, like, boys with people, I'd always say whether or not they still had their high school haircut. Mm -hmm. Like, where, so you go to college, you find yourself, and you realize that there's so many better ways to do your hair. He definitely still has his high school haircut Mm -hmm. in this movie. But, yeah, he, given what he gets to do, he gets a few good, like, line deliveries. Like, I think he... Every, I said, I wrote every line, uh, every line read, he has the same energy as, I want to go to Tashi Station! (laughs) Yeah, like, that was Nolan's direction. He's just like, remember when Luke was whiny and sad on Tatooine? Just that. And then everything else, he has a sweatshirt on in every scene. (laughs) He has a hoodie on every scene he's in, except for the last scene when he hugs McConaughey to go goodbye. Okay. He What's he just, wearing? Just a regular sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs> but he always has at least multiple layers on. I suppose I have to be thankful he's in the movie because this was probably like laying some groundwork. This was his second movie. He actually, um, and I, I have a headline pulled up with, from IndieWire where it says Timothy Chalamet quote wept for an hour after discovering Interstellar roll cut down. Oh. <laughs> which is oh re- cut down okay. Which is so really I wonder what. It was. It's really sad because he's talked a lot in interviews about how he, like, really idolizes Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan and, like, The Dark Knight really, like, changed how he felt about film. Mm-hmm. So he was very excited to be in this movie. And for that alone, I, like, I'm happy for him. Like, I'm happy he got to work with Nolan. But, like, imagine, like, being at the movie premiere and you're like, I'm in a Christopher fucking Nolan movie. And then you see that... That's all you get. I mean... It's really weird that he doesn't get to even, like, have that scene with Michael Caine, like, bringing the car back. Yeah. That scene is just Michael Caine and John Lithgow standing next to each other. If you you read the article, it seems like he was mostly upset because he really enjoyed his performance that you watch McConaughey react to. Which, in fairness, is one of the most iconic shots of the movie, is, like, him crying. So, like, of course, like, no one's like, you know what, we should cut to that one kid that nobody knows from season two of Homeland. Right. The, The only movie he had done before this was one that we will cover on this series called Men, Women, and Children, which mm-hmm. is, there's a nice little parallel there because it also is a, an acclaimed director doing a really shitty movie. Yeah. Because that's Jason Reitman. Yes. Uh, and I w- wish better for <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and Jason Reitman movies. Future guest. <laughs> yeah. I'm, this is also not the first time he's played a Cooper. He did play a Cooper. <laughs> he played Charlie Cooper in Love the Coopers. <laughs> Wow. A year late, 2015, a year later. What a strange, strange through line. <laughs> well, so yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of showed my hand a bit earlier, but I like his performance. Like, I think that he does fine with what he has. I mean, there's not like... If I wasn't watching it to do this podcast, I wouldn't even have noticed okay. that it had happened. <laughs> so do you think that 
maybe we're we're judging on a little harsher scale because we've seen what he can do. Sure, but I also don't think he does anything that you're like, oh, that guy. Uh-huh. Let's put him in something else. Sure. Like, it's not like... I don't know, like, Nolan has made smaller, like, actors with smaller roles pop before. Mm-hmm. Again, we've said it, it's a superfluous character and there's right. no reason for it. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's superfluous in the sense that we actually don't even find out. So, in, like, the last timeline, it's Ellen Burstyn right. as Murph. We don't even know what happened to Tom. No. I think the solve there is you make them school friends mm-hmm. and then he ages into Topher Grace. Yeah. Because yeah. then he's the one who is, you know, maybe they had a failed marriage or something like that. Like, adding at least a little bit more right. stuff there as opposed to the straight line from... You know what Murph's life is the moment Michael Caine comes back mm-hmm. with the truck directly to where she is now. Murph's a pretty good character. Mm-hmm. It would give her even more right. to do. Bottom line, he just... There shouldn't be the Tom character. He shouldn't be in the movie. No. I'm... It's literally... <laughs> I'm, I'm happy he got to work with Nolan and that's kind of where right. the end of the line is for me. I guess I, I'm a little bit of a Timmy apologist. I just I want sure. I want good things for him, and I want. There's nothing to defend. It's not like he's there's. It's just it's just nothing. It's nothing. There's no performance there. It's not like right. he did something crazy. It's not even like he did like an accent or anything like that. Where you're like, well, it's the first time we get to hear him do like a southern accent. Mm-hmm. He's just it's just nothing. He says what he calls like what I mean. He says like stupid and ass and stuff like that. Yeah, fun I guess, but it's like <laughs> it's like the idea of a teenager. It's not even like he's just he's like filling a character. Right, like it's nothing. Yeah. Oh, I had something I was going to say, and I probably lost it. Much like Nolan writing this role, there was just nothing for him. I think, no, honestly, I think he had everything, I think he did everything he wanted to do. I think this is exactly the movie he wanted to release. And it just really fuels my anger that Timothy wasn't in Dunkirk. That was a movie filled with faceless, white, brunette men. Right. And he didn't have a role for Timothy Chalamet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, literally, the French and the fact that, like, he clearly wasn't going for, like, anonymity because he cast Harry fucking Styles. Right. And that's not a dig. I actually think Harry Styles is very good in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and I want to see him in more things. But, like, you know what it probably was? That would have given Timothy too much power in 2017. Because that would have been oh, yeah. Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, and Dunkirk. Yes. My three favorite movies of that year. Yes. And at that point, I wouldn't just be a Timothy stan. I would be dead. Right. So <laughs> it's probably from my well-being mm-hmm. that he wasn't that in Dunkirk. I would... You can sleep easy now. What's a louder movie, Dunkirk or Interstellar? Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interstellar has just organs underneath the whole movie. <laughs> it's only it's only loud if you go and see it in like a theater. Music box slash screen deck. It was terribly loud. Dunkirk or Interstellar. Oh, okay. Right. It yeah. was distractingly loud. I I get yeah like I said I saw it in IMAX and I I don't remember the sound like I remember the sound in Dunkirk and I saw Dunkirk in like a regular I didn't right. even see I it mean, in like Dunkirk enveloped me with the sound. This it's was a better, just like it's a better score. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Anything else to add? No, I don't have any other notes. My last thing was, never has so little happened over so long. (laughs) That was my review. If you had to watch any movie this long again, what would it be? If I had to watch any movie this long? Yeah, like, what is, like, like, like mine was Titanic. That's my, like, I don't care that it's three hours, I will watch it. What is yours? I mean, Infinity War is really paced really well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll be fine with Endgame. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what other long, Lord long, of the Rings. long movies. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings extended editions, but I'll just put those on. Like that's like background fire now. I have another really long movie that I love, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't know. I can't remember if we've talked about this one. I'm nervous now to say what it is. I really like Peter Jackson's King Kong. 
Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, that's. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about no. three out. I think it's more. I don't remember, but that is good. We make all these jokes by Interstellar being long, and there are movies that are longer or about that length that I love, and I wouldn't, because they're just paced better. Right. And they're edited better, and there's just so much. There are characters who could be cut out of this movie. Oh, we didn't, the most terrifying thing, the thing that does elicit a reaction is the first planet they go to. Uh-huh. That, where every hour... Yeah. Yeah. There is seven years. Yeah. And so the guy who's up there, mm-hmm. that, 23 years. That's terrifying. Yeah, that all is scary. <laughs> I guess it hits pretty hard, but maybe there's just... And how how could you do this movie without exposition? But there's so much exposition. Like, mm-hmm. even in explaining all of that, explaining everything. Like, I, I wonder if it would have hit me harder if it, there wasn't just so much... Telling. I think it would have been interesting to like have discovered it, mm-hmm. like not know it going down. Yeah, because I think they do that to give it some sort of urgency. Right. They're, they're... But it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really add anything beyond like you know you could have done that with like oh we don't know what the atmosphere is like we've yeah. only gotten this report that there's water here right and then it... coming back up and discovering that we've been gone for twenty yeah. years I think that would have been a... that would have added a lot and yeah. you, and I was gonna say like it gives it stakes but I feel like there's already stakes in the sense right. that. Just that whole thing being water, like, I was already kind of on edge. Right. I was like, this is scary. How deep is that water? Mm-hmm. I didn't need the time thing. Like, the time, yeah, that would have been a better reveal, like, back right. on the ship. And they could have aged that guy a little bit. But, like, I, did, he I didn't He one feel... gray patch right. here. And but, he was just, like, standing waiting. Well, I wonder how many, because they, they said he's, like, he did start sleeping for a little bit, but then he figured they weren't coming back, so he didn't want to sleep away his life, which I was like, oh, my God. Well, that's Interstellar. <laughs> uh, on that note, yes. how would you rate Interstellar on a scale from one to five peaches? On one to five peaches, I would say one and a half eaten peach. Okay. Is it your? Is it? Is this your least favorite, Nolan? It must be because I can't really think of what the other. I guess the other contender would be Dark Knight Rises. Um, but I do enjoy parts of that more than this. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises um, has Anne Hathaway's one of her best performances. I would, I would say she's having fun in it. I think I'm trying to think what the early ones were. I don't like Batman Begins. I okay. really dislike Batman Begins. Um, I've never seen Insomnia, and I've never seen Memento. So oh, those are very good. Okay, Insomnia is very, very good. Inception is good, but upon rewatch, it's not as like amazing as I remembered it being. No, there was that was when like the cult of Nolan was starting to happen. Which you know? we didn't even get into the the cult of Nolan really drags. Him I down think for that's me. what. That's the most telling thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. That so many people like it because... No, that nobody talks about it. Anymore. Oh, okay. So even like this idea of like Nolan fanboys, which I would count... I mean, when this came out, I would count myself as, as a, part of that. Sure. Because I was all about the... I saw Dark Knight seven times in theaters. I loved it. Wow. Loved it. Couldn't believe it. Same thing. Probably same reaction that Timmy had. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this changes film for me. This is I hope you point. never have to go through the pain of being <laughs> cast in a Nolan movie and having... I your... would love... I would take this role. You would, would cry think, because you had... I would be like, yeah, I'd be so excited i'm like i don't michael kane references my character we're not even in it together that's fine i would <laughs> the fact that this is not talked about at all mm-hmm. even like it is it, i'm sure they did some visual stuff for the first time here mm-hmm. it won the oscar for right. special effects nobody talks about it that's right. the funniest thing is like nobody even like references it right i remember like i was saying like i was probably a known fanatic at that point and then when Michael Caine showed up in this movie, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, right. He's in all the movies. Right. Like, I forgot even that he was in this, this. one. Yeah. yeah. No, there's there's really, you know, there's not, the, like, the Batman-ness of it. No. And Inception, I feel like, has entered the zeitgeist in a much more interesting way. Dunkirk was, like, more critically acclaimed and got more accolades. Yeah, this one is kind of 
It's it's definitely bottom shelf. Yeah, Nolan. I I'm in this. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. I'd say it was probably like a two and a half. Two, oh, wow. two peaches and one half eaten peach. Okay. And 50-50. Like, there's, sure. there are moments I got sucked into it. Like I said, I really enjoy the score. I think that most of the performances are pretty good. I think that, like, had he had some better editing, like, I think a lot of the themes would have hit harder for me. I think I think the themes are all interesting. I just don't... I don't think that he does it in enough of a different way than, you I know, think. I think the ideas are great. I don't think the execution was good at all. Yeah. Because it's like the end is like, you're supposed to have this rallying cry to go get you know Anne Hathaway's character right because they, they're in love is that the is did they imply so. that yeah I think so okay but I don't understand where it's such a sexless then movie they show, like, right because that's what I mean and that's, that's Christopher Nolan for you like, sure it's so it's so removed from any sort of con- human connection that you're like okay because she found the planet and there's clearly other people there because mm-hmm. they set up a whole base you yeah. can see like at the last shot mm-hmm. but so then is he gonna go back in time and get like i don't understand where he's going yeah thinking about making that comment about him being so sexless my first thought was what is his sexiest movie i guess it's got to be dark knight rises because of anne hathaway i would say insomnia i've never seen it so. seen. i find dunkirk sexy but not for reasons that most people would <laughs> right that's an interesting juxtaposition with on a lot of levels nolan is in a comparable filmmaker to fincher in their, like, technicality, mm-hmm. and in their, maybe not their execution, but in kind of their their vision. Mm-hmm. But I find, even though Fincher is making, like, serial killer movies, they're inherently sexy. Yeah. And there's none of that in No, I mean, I, Insomnia is, like, the closest serial killer, is the serial killer movie mm-hmm. that he made. But yeah, no one would never make a girl with a dragon tattoo. Would never make, yeah. he wouldn't, two of the characters in Dark Knight Rises are sex workers, and you don't even... Get the sense of that. Oh, you're, like, you're so right. You're, you're There's like, nothing. They're like, oh, we just hang out with men. Yeah. Like, he does have... Okay. He does have, like, a woman problem. There's, like, Ellen Page in Inception. Mm-hmm. And there's Maggie Gyllenhaal in Dark Knight. Right, and he just kind of pairs them off. I think Ellen Page is paired off with just Gordon Levitt at the yeah, end of Inception. And basically. Just, just, like... It's almost like he has the equation in front of him. He goes, well, these two mm-hmm. plus equal this. That's right. how it has to happen. Right. They haven't shown us any of that. Yeah. And there's nothing of that in here, too. And he just loves killing Marion Cotillard. Like, <laughs> right. Man, this is... I, I've never really like <laughs> dug d- like dug that deeply into why I don't really... Like, I like Christopher Nolan. Dunkirk mm-hmm. was, one, like I said, one of my favorite movies yeah. of 2017. But, like, yeah, overall, I just don't get the, the fervor. Anyway. All right, so we're both pretty low on yeah. the peach scale for film. Timmy's performance, one to five peaches. I would say Ghost Peach. Like, there's no performance there. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing to rate. There's nothing to rate. He was a great coat rack for hoodies. <laughs> he filled. He filled nothing. I was nothing. Say he filled there's the nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little devil's. I'm gonna say sure. it's a two and a half again out of five peaches because I I think given what he was given. He showed up to do what he had to do. Right, but you could have done that with any young actor. That sure. I'm basically giving him three peaches of following instructions, right. okay? <laughs> like, right. He did the equivalent of like when you got those tests in middle school or high school that said, make sure you read all the instructions before you do anything. And the last thing is, like, don't follow anything above. Just write your name and sit here quietly. But everyone else <laughs> got up and, like, touched, like, the clock or, like, measured something. And he was like, oh, well, look, I did read everything first. And I just signed my name and I'm done. Right. Why is everyone else getting up? Well, I don't know. I did the right thing. Right. So I'm giving him kudos for sure. following instructions. <laughs> sure. His attractiveness, one to five peaches. Uh, You're going to go negative again, aren't you? I don't. Again, he's just such a nothing He's a little there. cutie. He's He's... 
wearing... He's, he's, I love a boy in a hoodie. Sure. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he's got the high school haircut. He just... he It's like he went to a... He went into an Old Navy on sale day and then came out <laughs> of the changing room and was like, I just did costume design. Like, you're... It's fine. The it's, fact that you said Old Navy and not even, like, Gap is no. just, like, such a... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> so did you give... Did you give a rating? What's your... I think one peach in because i think it's hard to i don't want is to it the discarded there. like jizz covered peach on the ground like yes. it's not even yeah it's not even that actually sounds more appealing right than no it's saying. a full <laughs> peach that he left in the kitchen like, he left it the the peach he left for mafalda right, to eat exactly, in the kitchen all right, right, right fair yeah i i'm mostly with you on this <laughs> one i'm gonna give his attractiveness a generous two mm-hmm. just because i do think he is he's very adorable is and he, he? <laughs> he is. He really is. He doesn't is. do anything adorably. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's like kind of a dick to his sister. The it's only thing, like... they had that one moment in the baseball field where he's like, yeah, I like, I like farming. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's a direct quote or not, but it, it could be. It might you know, be. I like doing it. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, let's talk back to your sister, you know. Yeah, let's go back to Murph. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's not, there's not a lot, but I, 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 I think I, I appreciate that we saw the seeds of what was to come. Sure. Great. Agreed to disagree. Sure. His hair. One to five peaches. Oh, that's a... Man, if one is the lowest... One. One. Yeah, I'll, I'll go I'll go one on you with this one, too. Like I, I said, the fact that I didn't even... I was like, wait, oh my god, that is him. Like, mm-hmm. I had to catch you. Sure. Knowing he was in this movie, looking for him, mm-hmm. and still was like, wait, okay. Well, and this kind of... To me, this hurts worse than, like, the screen time thing. <laughs> he isn't even listed until The Crawl. Oh, really? After the movie ends that. and it's like McConaughey, mm-hmm. Hathaway, Chess, like whatever the list is, yeah. it goes It goes everyone who's listed individually. And then I think it goes like Bentley, Grace, and then like the young actress who played Murph, I think it's Mackenzie Foy. Yeah, Mackenzie Foy. I think like, she is in there. And then I think maybe like Bill Irwin and like... Mm-hmm. I like... This has nothing to do with to me, but Bill. I saw Bill Irwin in Bye Bye Birdie the same year, and I just had <laughs> a great time knowing that that was him. Wait, <laughs> like, like on, sta- which, on yeah, stage? Yeah, with John Stamos as... Uh... Was this a tour, or is this New York? No, this was New York, yeah. Oh, I did not know about this. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah, yeah just suffice it to say, Timmy's not even listed until the crawl, well, so there he... You go. Yeah, so, yeah, it's... All on the highest peach rating we gave was I gave his performance a three, and that's just because I'm an apologist. Right, so. yes. Yeah. Well, Steven, thank you for of being course. here. Thank Thanks you. for... I'm glad to fall on the sword for this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you taking yes. the time to watch three hours of people um, yelling Murph. I don't know if it was on mic, but I'll do it now. I watch this immediately after I'm doing my Marvel rewatch, and I watch Thor The Dark World right before this. So it was a day. You had a great... What a weekend. What a <laughs> yes. time. Mm-hmm. What a moment. What a moment. <laughs> That is most pleasing to you in your career. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so where can people find you on the internet if they, they want to? find me on Twitter at Cropa Cabana. I have my own podcast that Dane will have appeared on. All so, Overstated with Stephen Cropa. I invite someone from a different state on to chat with me. And then I have some improviser pals and myself do scenes based off that conversation. It's really fun. And then I am on an actual play podcast called Autonomic. It's uh, essentially middle schoolers with superpowers. It is all ages friendly. And uh, it's really fun. Great. And by the time this airs, or maybe soon after this airs, you will be in LA and you'll be very employable. So I will be, yes. If anyone in Los Angeles hears this, I know we just had the big Writers Guild shakedown Mm -hmm. and everyone's talking about how 
all the jobs are got by, you know, people they know. So if you hear this, you know me and please help me get a job. Please. Yeah. Find, <laughs> find Steven. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter and Instagram as well on Twitter at Chalamet Chasing and on Instagram at Chasing Chalamet. So just flip those when you're searching. Uh, you can email us at ChasingChalamet at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on iTunes. Please consider sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your mortal enemies, really anybody. Um, I'll take any listeners, except for, like, Nazis. Um, I don't want those. And then anyone who thinks that Gary Oldman deserved the Oscar for Darkest Hour. Fuck them hoes. (laughs) Don't listen. We don't want you. There were not good people on both sides of that argument. I'm being very realistic in the sense that I'm sure that just two episodes in, Timothy, like, probably hasn't listened to it yet and fallen in love with me from afar, like, Sleepless in Seattle style. Mm -hmm. But hey, everyone has to start somewhere. So please share this podcast however you can. Again, I'm so sorry, Stephen. No, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, thank you. Chasing Chalamet is written, hosted, and produced by me, Dane McDonald. The show is also produced and edited by Will Bybee. Our theme music is by Jacob Horn. You can hear more from him and his band, the Jacob Horn Trio, on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Our cover art was designed by Jessica Deal. You can find more of her work at jessicadeal.com. That's Deal spelled D-E-A-H-L. And until next time, later. Later.